It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. And welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, December the 16th, and we are back in beautiful Austin, Texas in our downtown studio. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to make the show run. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined in the studio once again by Alzheimer's specialist and ambassador to the Texas Alzheimer's Association, Nancy Turco. And this time, Nancy joins us to talk about keeping the holiday season and expectations of good cheer, more realistic and relaxing while taking care of someone living with dementia. And later in the program, our friend and musician, Curly Karen Schleifer, who is on a fast-paced road trip from L.A. to New York and back, will call in to fill us in on what's happening along the road. She's got a lot of projects she's working on, and she'll be on her cross-country trek when she calls us, so that'll be fun and exciting. And along the way, I'll be talking about coping with stress, especially this time of year. There's a lot of people deal with a lot of stress, and I'll be looking back at the topics discussed during the course of 2018 and getting back to basics. I think that's one of the most important things right now in coping with stress is getting back to some of the basic strategies for stress management. And throughout this evening's show, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. The email address to reach me is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later this evening along with any website links given by my You can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blog talk radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And for information about previous programs, to listen to previous programs, to read my blog in Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and a couple of other publications, to find out more about my book or to even purchase my book and find out about my online course, and also to watch the videos of the interviews that we do right here in the studio. And we will be videotaping um, the interview with Nancy Turco this evening. Um, You can... Do all of that. It's one-stop shop 
go to my website, drmarakarpel.com. And you can also listen to all of the previous programs that we have done here with Blog Talk Radio by going to blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears. And for anything um, for the future, if you want to know about the next week's program, if you want to know when um, I have blogs that post, then be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City, living here in Austin, Texas, and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers, and for the past few years have been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And for information about this really great resource for veterans and for veterans' families, check out their website, heroesnightout.org. Do you want to contact me? Do you have a question that you want to ask me or some information that you want me to know about? Feel free to send me an email at drmara at drmaracarpel.com or go through my website and click on contact or give me a call at 512-626-6973. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway Tech, call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email at rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break, but don't go anywhere because it's going to be a very brief break. And when we come back, I will be joined right here in the studio by Nancy Turco to talk about keeping the holiday season um, more realistic and relaxing while taking care of someone living with dementia. Be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Worried about.
about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpell.com. And we're back. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden year. And right here in the studio, I have Nancy Turco, ambassador to the Alzheimer's Association, to talk about staying relaxed and having good cheer during the holiday season, even if you have someone that you're caring for with dementia. Mm-hmm. And so, it's not unusual. Thank, first of all, thank you so much for having me again. And thank you for and, coming um, back. Yeah. It's been, it was exactly a year ago that you were here I last time. I thought so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, taking care of someone with Alzheimer's, and even if you're not doing that, people, many people get very depressed around the holidays. So it's not unusual, especially for older people that have had so many losses even if they don't have dementia, they do get depressed. So Mm -hmm. uh, taking care of someone can be depressing in itself. So the idea here is to really make sure that you lower your expectations for the holidays. You can keep it simple and still make it fun. Sometimes it can be upsetting because you do think about your losses and how things are different this year and the way they were five or 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But if you just enjoy the moment, with the loved one, it makes a big difference. And, you know, they may not be able to bake the cookies by themselves. Maybe your mom can't do that, but she can still put the sugar in and she can still mix things up and be part of it and enjoy the whole sensory of the smells and the cooking and all that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, so doing it together. Yes, and Mm -hmm. making it simple. And one-on-one is usually a lot better expecting your dad to enjoy a party with 50 people at your home is not a real expectation. And it's nice if you're having a small intimate party to let the others know about your dad's condition or something, something along those lines, because you wouldn't want someone to embarrass him or you wouldn't want them to be embarrassed if he said something maybe inappropriate to them. Especially small children, it's hard because they'll just blurt out their filters anyway. Right. <laughs> and, and neither do people with dementia, so it, right. it makes a good combination. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's that with, with the kids. And if anybody's sick, you need to keep them away. Many times people have colds or cedar, whatever, this time of year. But if you have any kind of a germ, you should, you know, have, have your guests stay away, of course. Right. Right. How about, you know, going out and doing things, you know, but a lot of people like to go out and do holiday kind of events. 
yes. take a loved one with dementia? With sure, you? sure. Uh, earlier in the day is better. With sundowning, many people, it's not a good time for them after 5 o'clock at night with the shadows and all those different things. But to take someone out, sure, lowering your expectations. Sometimes it's nice if you have a friend who's going with you that could keep an eye on them while you're either mingling with the other guests or whatever, because many times if they're by themselves, they might lose sight of where you are. They may go out the door. You mm-hmm. have to worry about that sometimes with people. And so there's that part of it. And But not trying not to overstimulate them is mm-hmm. key. Sometimes the music, the lights, lowering the lights a little bit in the house with the Christmas lights is also a good idea because the blinking can cause a lot of people mm-hmm. to get very stressed out. Mm-hmm. So blinking is not blinking, no blinking, like, no blinking <laughs> uh-huh. So what if your loved one is in a facility, a memory care facility, for example? Are there things that families can do around the holiday season to mm-hmm. have them be part of the the yeah, family. absolutely. And most memory care communities would be uh, fine with having you come in and perhaps you wanted to make some cookies with your mom and four or five of the other people. That would certainly be allowed. Or bringing candy canes or coming in to do some caroling with your mom and some of the others. Many times people in the community will make some blankets, sew some blankets for the children in the hospital so that they can help out with that too. We have a lot of people that like to come in this time of year, and I always am appreciative of it at Arden Courts. However, it's hard because there's 11 other months in the year, right. and you don't want to say that to people, but it's it's difficult because people want to come in. We have a few groups come in and bring blankets and socks, and the residents have really enjoyed that. But right. um, it's hard because I would be one to try to divide it up a little bit more during the year. But the families do enjoy coming in with their loved one and visiting with them. So that that brings, uh, this is something I've been thinking about recently, and that is, um, what about, you know, January and February? Um, right <laughs> after all this excitement? Right. Do you find, you know, you're in a memory care unit, you, you're, you know, you're at Arden Courts. Do you find that the residents get more depressed because there was all this excitement going on in December and now suddenly everything's real quiet and nobody's around anymore? Well, that's a good question. But from what I've seen, actually, they relax a little bit more. Okay. Because no one's expecting them to shine. Uh, uh-huh. that nobody's quizzing them on, do you know who I am? Or... You know, if you already know the answer, don't ask them a question. Right. And we see a lot of those kind of things. Or someone hasn't seen their loved one for their mom or their dad for three or four months, and they come in, and there's a big change. And so they kind of not lash out, but they'll ask, come on, Mom, you know this. Or, Dad, you know this. Show us where your room is. And he has no idea where the room is. Right. So it's very stressful on them. So I do find... Um, you know, during the winter months after the holiday, they do seem to relax a little bit more and get back into the regular routine of the community. So the routine is actually much more relaxed. Yes. As best you can, even if they're at home, to keep as much of a routine as you can is better. 
Right. So then that brings us back to the holiday season. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen your loved one in months, and then now you're coming to see them because it's, you have time off and you're visiting your right. family. So right. what, are, what are some recommendations? Well, well, one of the things is not to question them if they don't remember who you are. Making conversation, anyone can make a conversation with someone if you talk about them. And rather than asking them to reminisce, you reminisce. Like, Mom, I remember the time you took us on that picnic and we had such a good time. And remember you fell in the water. I remember you fell in the water. Don't ask them to remember. Right. You fell in the water and we were all laughing. And that will spark a memory and that will relax them a little bit more. But questioning is very stressful on Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Um, And having a good conversation, just, you know, enjoying their company, reaching a hand out. And always when you go to take the hand of someone with dementia, you always approach from the front because you will startle. And you hold your hand at about a 45-degree angle with your palm up because that's less threatening. Get it there eye level. And even if it's your parent because they may not recognize you. Mm -hmm. And you put your hand out for them to take your hand Uh rather than you taking their hand because it's a lot less threatening. Okay. That's interesting. Yes, it, it is. And we've seen that a lot, too. And not approaching from behind because people really don't hear that well. And the vision at this time and mid-stage, the vision is about um, maybe a 14-inch square. So people with dementia are not seeing their feet anymore. And that's huh. why they start to shuffle. And different surfaces, different rugs, or a shiny floor may look wet to them. Mm-hmm. So... When you go to visit your mom and you see all the magazines all over and it's all cluttered, that's very dangerous. So if your parent is still at home, one thing to look for is um, things like spoiled food mm-hmm. or things really in odd places. If you saw like a, a, a pan in the microwave, a metal pan, things like that, it's always a good idea just to kind of check around. And even, I mean, it's terrible to say snooping, but see what medications they're on or if they're taking their meds because Mm -hmm. many times, you know, not being there every day, people do forget a lot of that stuff if they don't have a caregiver with them. Right. So maybe a visit home on the holidays is a good time to assess if if a parent actually needs more care. Yes. Our our, uh, community always picks up about January or February because families do um, come to see their loved one and they realize that they need more than what they're getting right by themselves right yes so let's go down that line of okay (laughs) what would be some of the indicators that a loved one might need more care well I guess initially if you walked in and they are unkempt perhaps Mm -hmm. they haven't had a shower or a bath and you can usually tell that right away Many people with dementia don't have a good sense of smell anymore, so their clothing might be soiled or dirty, and they don't even know that. So if they still have the same clothing on. And also one good sign that we've seen when I've done assessments is you see business cards by the front door inside the house, like there was one from a policeman one time or a real estate agent. And you know, if they were in the right mind, they would not let someone just in the house. So did they call the police? Did they, 
uh, many times we've seen five or six different and um, with that with the cards, yes, and people do get um, sometimes the victims of scams mm-hmm. at this time. We had one lady that was spent eight thousand dollars to have a roof repaired. She had just had it done about a month before. Wow, and it's that's tough because if you don't have uh, access to the checking account and all that, once you realize something is happening like that, it's a good idea to. Uh, if your parent is still aware of things, to talk to them about perhaps getting a medical power of attorney and a durable power of attorney. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't handle it themselves, but it's a good idea to talk about that prior to their debilitation. Right. So, because many times we've had cases where people end up having to have a guardian because they hadn't talked to the family about it and no one's really in charge. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see if that's a question. No, nope, not a question. Okay. <laughs> no question yet. That's right. <laughs> I guess that's good, right? I like to get questions. If people are listening and they have questions, mm-hmm. feel free to call or Absolutely. Email. Absolutely, yeah. sure. And so the other thing about the house is to make sure that the house isn't really dirty or unkempt. Many times we've had a one family that the mom had food in different areas of the house on paper plates with a paper towel over them. And oh my this goodness. was from a month ago that mm. they had visited her. But they can save face on the phone when you talk to them. What do you have for supper? They can make up something. Now, 15 minutes later, you might have the same conversation. But at the time, the one who doesn't live there would say, oh, she's fine. She had her supper. She had roast chicken oh, and potatoes right. and you don't realize that they have made that up and maybe they haven't had any food at all. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. another sign. To check the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good idea to have someone who can be uh, a watch for them, even to even to hire someone for maybe two hours a week to just come by and visit with, with your mom. And many times with the parent, if they know the, that the person is being paid, that does not work at all. But if you Uh tell them, my friend's going to stop by from school, she just wants to see how everything's going, I asked her to look in on you as a favor to me, that would be okay. But if they know that someone is looking and scrutinizing everything they're doing, that will make them very embarrassed. That does not work. That does not work at all. (laughs) Especially if you're just checking to see if they have to mention, maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Right? That's very true. And right? people do get forgetful sometimes, and people get depressed, and sometimes two people may not be taking their meds, and that can set up the person for failure, too. So, so I did get a question. Okay. And, I, you know, the question is, um, what's the youngest age you've seen somebody with Alzheimer's? Well, there is um, Alzheimer's that comes early, the early onset, and we've seen them as young as 52. We had a person that was 52, but the typical age to start is about 65, I would say. That's the beginning stage, and the person can pretty much hide that for quite a while. Right. Early onset onset is much faster. Yes, it is. That's exactly right. right. Yes. Yes, it it does go a lot faster for all of the stages. But um, the person with the general Alzheimer's disease, I guess, 
would be about 75 to 80 years old. And it looks like right now the statistics say about half the people 85 years and older have some form of dementia. Really? Mm -hmm. Half. Yes. Yes. Wow. Which is pretty scary. Yeah. But, you know, you think about it, a lot of things that we know now, we didn't know before. Things like not smoking or, uh, you know, less less alcohol, taking care of your body. Right. Lowering your sugar. Things right. like that. Things that my, the doctors tell you all the time. Right. But we know a lot more about that now. And so, you know, that could be dementia from strokes right. or even little yes. mini strokes. Those little mini strokes. Those mm -hmm. happen a lot, too. And that happens a lot when we go to visit someone. Some um, A family will say, well, it's just not the same. And we might notice something like the eye uh, drooped a little bit because we don't know them and we haven't been seeing them. So many times those little cues are enough to say, well, maybe they had a little mini stroke. And sometimes... You know, a few weeks later, they're a little bit better. So it's better safe than sorry to find out what's going on. Right. And the only definitive way is through a CAT scan. And typically after a person has passed is when they do a lot of that and they can say definitively exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. So Right. They've gotten a little better at mm -hmm. detecting it when you're alive. They sure now. have, yes. Yeah. Yes, and having a scan done, a brain scan done, and then three weeks later, or three years later, having another one done, you've already had the baseline, so that can show some of the plaques and tangles that are right. there. Yes. Changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my yeah. grandmother had Alzheimer's. Did she? And when she had it, it was before they they had the CAT scans and mm -hmm. MRIs. So it really wasn't definitive until after she no. passed. My grandmother, too, and they actually just used to call it hardening of the arteries, I remember. Right. And she was quite different when she ended up in a community. She lived with all eight of her children at different times and enjoyed herself, but kind of overstayed her welcome at each one. And, right. You know, she used to make little getaways and things like that. Uh -huh. So it was hard to keep track of her. Right. But I do know when she was in a community going to visit her and she would look at us, my sisters, and she'd say, you know, I don't know who you are. I do know I love you. Uh -huh. And that was very special to us because right. she had lost the ability to name names and things like that. Uh, it's, a, it's a very tough disease for everybody. I think it's harder on the person with dementia at first because they're working so hard to try to mask that to mm -hmm. other people. So it's, it's a real challenge. And um, as the disease progresses, it's harder on the family, but the person with dementia is kind of blissfully unaware of that. Right. So it makes it a little bit easier on them because they're not trying to make things up and not trying to show that they still know what's going on. Uh, you take everything at face value and it is what it is. And, you know, right. so living in the moment with them is really key for that. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, are there... Do you, are there, you have any recommendations for places where people can, you know, go to to look up more about Alzheimer's or, mm -hmm. find, or get help? Um, yes. Are there websites that you There are very good websites. The uh, local Alzheimer's Association here, the capital of Texas chapter, and also TexasAlzheimer's.org, T-X-A-L-Z.org. They've started their own 
organization here in Texas, and they specifically just work with the people in Texas. So all of the money that they raise is is spent here in Texas, and they have some excellent caregiver seminars and things like that. And on their website too, there are some good signs to watch for. Okay, so that's txalz.org. And then the national if people are outside of Texas. Yes, Alzheimer's Association. Yes. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the best. Place. Yes, that's the best place to look. Yes. Right, and they have all kinds of information for caregivers and mm-hmm. about. Yes. The, some of the things that you've just discussed. Yes, as well. and with the caregiver, one last thing I do want to say is it's so important to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you can't k- take care of anyone else uh, if you're not taking care of yourself. By the time you realize you're a caregiver, you've already started to burn out. So right. get some help wherever we'll take it. If someone says, what would you like for a holiday? You can say, you know what, can you come and spend two hours with my mom while I go shopping? Or can you come have a tea with my mom? She would love that. Or, you know, things like that are really um, very, very valuable for people. And have you found that support groups are really helpful? Yes, they are very helpful. We have two support groups um, at Arden Courts, and I um, moderate those. And then there's another one at St. Thomas More. And those two, if you look on the TXALZ, they have a list of all the support groups. All the support groups. Yes. Okay. And there's also some excellent free daycare places available, some respite groups, four hours at a time. There's, you know, Bethany has one, and uh, just about every denomination has some some sort of uh, group that they have for four hours, and you have to pre-qualify. They do an assessment of some sort. Right. But that's great to be able to have that four hours out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even if it's just to go to sleep. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Or rearrange the things that your loved one put every which way in the house. Last year, one of our friends, her husband um, cut up the Christmas tree by himself. It was wow. a, not a real tree, but he did cut it all up himself and luckily didn't get hurt. But she was only gone an hour and a half and there was no piece bigger than you know, six inches, he put it wow. on a hefty bag. And so that kind of stuff is pretty scary when, yeah. you know, how much damage or how much you can get done like that in right. just an hour's time. So yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And caregivers need to have support in mm-hmm. order to deal with that stress. Yes, they sure do. Well, you know, the statistics show that caregivers tend to be more at risk for their own health issues, as well as mental health issues Mm -hmm. than any other part of the population. Yes, and it happens many times. Um, We've had the caregiver pass once the resident had moved in because they finally were just able to try to go take care of themselves, but many times it's kind of too late. Right. So you really do have to give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, You know, if you're an older person and you have children, or grandchildren, sometimes if the person's not um, averse to it, you could have them come over and, and sit with grandpa for a half hour while you do something inside the house or just entertain them, sing, right. sing some songs with them, look through some old photo albums. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing really does wonders for right. a person with dementia. Okay. So. so, and if people are interested in art in court. Yes, um, uh, absolutely. Um, it's artincourts.com. And there's a flash, I think, for Austin, 
And we have a 60-bed community. We have availability now. And what we pride ourselves on is our activity programs. They are all success-based. We have some Montessori programs and some also engagement therapy treatment, which uh, is a way of using small groups and letting them just be themselves. So you mm -hmm. evaluate so you know who would go well with one group. Maybe some person can't read out loud, but another one in the group can, and this one would enjoy listening to that. So uh -huh. you try to mix it up a little bit with that and just making sure that they have something to do because everybody needs to be needed yeah. and everybody has to have a purpose. And many times when people are at home, they don't have a purpose. They're mm -hmm. sitting on the couch and then sometimes they'll improve slightly when they come in for a while because they know that they have to help the lady who's in the next hall to bring her down in a wheelchair, or they need to help someone cut up the meat, things like that. Right. They, it's very important to be part of a community and to feel needed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's all memory care. Yes. Everyone there has some form of dementia. And what we try to do is if the person does not need skilled care, the best thing that we offer is that people can stay there till the end of the days if they go on hospice. And if they don't need something like uh, IV all the time, if a nurse can administer treatments or they need oxygen, those kind of things you can have in an assisted living place because we have two different licenses. Right. So the person to be able to stay there till the end of their days, you know, we have PT available that you know, the home health care can come out because that is their home now. Right. And that will also, they do a lot better there in their home than they would in a skilled nursing facility. Yeah. Because I, they only get out for their, uh, their care, care for the exercises and things like that. Right. And meals other than that. Right. Their room, so. And then yeah. I visited Arden Court since very yes. nice. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I agree living in a place like that is much better than ending up in a skilled nursing mm -hmm. community. Absolutely. Right. So thank you so much. Thank you Nancy. for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. And, yes. And have, and you have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. You too. And uh, thank you so much for the book. I'm very excited about reading yeah. it cover to cover. Great. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. All right. So until the next time. All right. All right. You take care. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we have lots more to come. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
I almost spoke all the words that I wanted to say. I almost saw what you look like, bless your wall. But almost doesn't count anymore. And a sure thing never will. www.drmaricarpel.com And we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on drmaricarpel.com. And before I talk about the topic of dealing with stress, um, let me just fill you in on the news. So, the latest news is that my last blog um, about compassion and how it's not possible really to have a, a passionate life without having compassion. Um, it's an essential element of it. Um, I wrote a blog about that, and that is in Thrive Global dot com and that's Ariana Huffington's online magazine for health and wellness and you can read it at my website um, drmaricarpel.com and I also recently published a another tip for caregivers that you can also read on my website the other news is that you can purchase my book in soft cover now directly from my website at a lower price. So um, take a look. We're wait about two days because we're working on making sure that the link works correctly. It's just brand new, so just kind of checking out to make sure there are no bugs. I don't want you to order it and and for me never to receive the order. So wait, I would say, till the middle of this week before you order a book from my website, um, but then you should be able to get it and it'll be cheaper than if you order from Amazon. Um, however, if you want to read the ebook, that is still available. You can also get the soft cover at, on Amazon if you're more comfortable doing it that way. And then the ebook is on Amazon on Kindle. And my course, Living the Passionate Life, which goes a little further than the book. I go a little bit deeper into the topics of the book. 
that is now available for a pre, um, pre-launch purchase at half price. So the full price is still going to be a special introductory offer. And if you purchase it now until um, January 1st, through January 1st, you can get it at half of that introductory offer. If you purchase it now, again, I would wait till midweek as well for if you're going to do that um, for the link to work correctly. Um, but if you purchase it between now and January 1st, then not only do you get it at half of the price, but you can be part of the creation of the course. So if there are topics in the book that you'd like me to address further in the course, just send me an email to drmara at drmaraparkpel.com or go through my website and click on the contact button and just let me know because the course um, won't be completely done and set in stone um, by January 1st, but after that, it'll be too late. So um, you can be part of the whole process of creating a course. All right. I have a book signing set up on South Padre Island, Texas in January. So if you're down in South Texas and you'd like to come meet me and purchase the book there or just listen to a talk about the book um, and have your book signed if you have, if you do buy a book, um, I will be at Paragraph Padre Boulevard. That is the only bookstore on South Padre Island, and it's down toward the convention center, and that will be on January 25th between 3 and 5 p.m. The other news is that I have guests for this show booked up all the way through March and into April with Lots of new topics that we haven't yet spoken about on the show. I have some guests that are returning and some that are brand new. And I'm really excited because there are a lot of, um, there's so many things that we can speak about on this program that can be helpful. And, and we're just broadening that. And I'm very excited about the guests that are coming up. And you can find out about upcoming guests. Um, each week by follow me, following me on Facebook. All right, so that's the news. Um, what I want to talk about this evening, because this is the last show that we are doing in 2018. We're taking a break um, next Sunday and the Sunday after because uh, they both both Sundays fall two days before the holidays. So. Um, we will be back after this show. We'll be back in January. So I want to talk. I want. I want to do two things. One is to sort of um, go through the topics that we talked about in 2018 and kind of wrap it up that way. But I want to do that in a way that addresses the issue of coping with stress, especially this time of year, because. Um, this is this you know a lot of people are very festive this time of year and really get into the holiday season, but there's a lot of stress that goes along with the holiday season, and one of them in you know that's extremely stressful is the topic that 
um, you know, Nancy Turpo was addressing. If you have a family member who has um, Alzheimer's disease or dementia or requires care of any sort, um, if you are a caregiver, then the holiday season can be more stressful than the rest of the year. And um, part of that is because of all of the same activities that you might be involved with or family coming in and having to let them know, hey, you know, we need to do things a little bit differently um, because of our family member who needs care or has dementia, um, tend to feel left out that, you know, if they're a caregiver, they can't get involved with all of the things that are going on because they have this commitment of taking care of their loved one. It's also very stressful for people who don't have family um, or who don't celebrate the particular holidays that most people are celebrating. You know, not everybody celebrates Christmas. Um, People come from different backgrounds, different religious beliefs, faiths, ethnic beliefs, you know, ethnic backgrounds, cultures. Not everybody celebrates the same holidays, and it it can be very stressful for people who don't celebrate and are watching other people celebrate or who want to celebrate and don't have family or friends nearby or they're sick, they're home, they're disabled. Um, The other stress that people face this time of year is having lost a loved one. Um, it becomes much more pronounced around the holiday time, the grief of having lost a loved one. And it's also very stressful for people who do get together with their families and have high expectations of how things will go and and find that when they're with their families, the same old dysfunction uh, pops up because, you know, most families are not perfect, not like the Waltons. Um, Most families have issues. People don't get along with each other or don't agree on everything. And so being put together with your family can cause a lot of stress and tension. So there's that aspect of it, the holiday aspect of it. And then You know, there's the difficulty of people living in in colder climates, um, dealing with the stress of not being able to get out and do the things that they'd like to do, Um, more darkness, the the, um, sun going down at an earlier time affects a lot of people with seasonal affective disorder, even if you're in a warmer climate. So it's just all around financial stresses, people trying to catch up with um, their finances at the same time as feeling pressure maybe to go on trips to visit family or to buy gifts. And so how do we deal with all this stress? Um, I think, and as I mentioned in the introduction, I think it's really important to go back to the basics. And so when I started looking at all of the topics that the topics that I discussed on my segment of this show, not just, I didn't, I'm just dealing with that right now, not even the topics covered by the guests that I've had on the show. Um, 
and all of the blogs that I've written, in 2018, I covered a lot of the basics and a lot of the topics that are actually in my book, um, The Passionate Life. Basics would be um, taking care of our body, so eating healthy food, which is difficult this time of year. It's more difficult. There's a lot more sugar um, that's being offered to us that we're tempted with. And sugar can cause a lot of stress. Not only is sugar um, something that causes stress on our body because it, it can it can trigger a lot of health issues. Um, of course, we know diabetes, but sugar also feeds cancer. Um, so, and it can affect our immune system. So, eating a lot of sugar can have the stressful effect of making us physically unhealthy. But eating a lot of sugar also causes um, highs and lows in our mood. So, when we eat sugar-packed food, our blood sugar will spike, and so at that point, we might feel more energetic. Some people feel euphoric. Some people feel more irritated and easily angered, and then what will happen after a sugar spike is that usually the sugar will crash, and we'll have low blood sugar, which causes uh, shakiness, it causes irritability, um, sleepiness, and depression. So eating all of those cookies and cakes that are offered to us this time of year, going to parties with a lot of sugary snacks and drinks and eggnog um, can can cause us to get into this roller coaster of emotions that can just lead to more and more depression. I've known several people who, after the holiday season, they get intense migraine headaches. And I think part of that is the stress that they put on themselves at the holidays. But part of that, I believe, is, has to do with the diet and how um, by the time January comes along, um, people have been eating food that just is so stress-giving um, that it just finally just collapses and it causes um, all kinds of symptoms, including migraine headaches. So eating a healthier diet. And if you're going to have, you know, a, a, a cookie or two, um, try to balance it by eating, you know, the the basic healthy food, fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, I remember uh, when the show first started, I had Melissa Sarno on the program. She's a nutrition expert, and one of the things that she said to do was to start your day with a green drink. If you've been, if you're trying to detox from all of the sugary uh, food from the holidays, a green drink will put you right back on course. It resets everything. So um, get your pH balance, um, your pH back in balance, and um, will will stop the sugar cravings. But if you do drink a green drink, whether it's a smoothie or a juice, make sure that it's mostly greens and not mostly fruit. 
because when you have a, a drink made of fruit, you're getting a lot of sugar. You're better off eating a piece of fruit than drinking a piece of fruit. <laughs> so the the um, the fiber when you eat it helps to dilute the sugar, but if you drink the juice, you're not getting the fiber, and it's more likely to spike your blood sugar. So um, keep that in mind. Also, another really important basic, which I cover in the book and I've talked about on the program, was exercise. You know, making sure to stay in the routine of doing exercise regularly, whether you're doing yoga, which is really good for calming your nervous system at the same time as getting exercise, or going to the gym, lifting weights, taking a walk, dancing. Like we had um, we had the guest David Phillips a few weeks ago talking about tango and how extremely beneficial health-wise doing the tango is, or specifically Argentine tango, because that can be taken at any pace and you don't have to overdo it. Um, but staying in an exercise routine will help you to stay healthy. It will beat the stress and um, it will affect your mood and, you know, be exercising regularly puts you in a positive mood. So when you're exercising, you're reducing pain and you're increasing endorphins, which are those natural mood elevators. And so staying in an exercise routine throughout this holiday season um, is really beneficial for stress, not to mention burning off some of those extra calories that you might eat. All right, so um, so those are some basics to help to deal with stress. Another basic would be to try to find some time every day to focus on your breathing. So even if it's just five minutes of sitting quietly and focusing on your breathing, if you do that on a regular basis, it actually will change your brain. Um, it, in, it will help you to um, think more clearly, not, not get into um, negative thought habits. It will slow down the racing thoughts and anxious thoughts that you might have when you're feeling stressed out. And it helps with emotional regulation. So if you spend time every day focusing on your breathing, it will actually help grow the part of your brain. You'll grow neurons in the part of your brain that has to do with regulating your emotions, meaning that you won't have the highs and the lows. Um, So... It's really extremely powerful. Um, and they're, you know, the best to um, to calm your, your thoughts and, and focus on your breathing is through mindfulness meditation. And there are many free apps on your phone that you can follow to help you to do mindfulness meditation if you've never done it before. 
Um, and there are free YouTube videos that you can watch. There are also many books about mindfulness meditation. Um, one of my favorite authors about mindfulness meditation is John Kabat-Zinn. So K-A-B-A-T hyphen Zinn, Z-I-N-N. John Kabat-Zinn has written several books about mindfulness meditation, and I believe he has several free um, YouTube videos that you can watch where he will lead you through mindfulness meditation. But it's extremely powerful. They're starting to use it in schools with children to um, help children to focus better and to stay calmer. It helps with um, decreasing the incidence of hyperactivity and acting out in schools. So just as it helps children, it helps adults and it can help us to deal with stress. Very powerful. Um, the year, and also mentioned in the book, are um, include spending time every day in a practice of gratitude. So writing down maybe a list of things that you feel grateful for every night or every morning. Um, it could be the same things every day, and you might notice that you're starting to add to that list. But when you become aware of what you're grateful for, whether it's small things like it's a sunny day or big things like I'm healthy, <laughs> um, grateful for my family, things like that, anything that you're grateful for, when you become aware of the things that you're that you have gratitude for, not only is it extremely powerful in, in increasing your mood and helping you to feel happy about your life in the here and now and rather than always trying to um, look forward to I'll be happy when this happens or that happens or when I find the right partner or when I make enough money or, um, or when I lose weight. When you're grateful, you can be happy right now. And when you're happy right now, you're more likely to achieve those goals that you have set for yourself. So the happiness actually comes first. The other part of being grateful is that it makes it easier for you to do the next practice, which is practicing um, generosity without expectation. So if you're if you're grateful for the things that you have in your own life, then you are more able to be generous toward other people. And when you're generous, whether you're giving of your time or giving of money or you're generous in spirit, meaning that you're giving of compassion and care, um, when you do that, it comes back to you in terms of reducing your own stress, feeling more of a purpose in life, and then resulting in a happier mood. So generosity of spirit, generosity in any way, is extremely powerful in reducing our own stress and improving our mood. In fact, the research has shown that people who are depressed um, 
can come out of the depression more quickly when they focus on helping other people. So it actually can work as an antidepressant. And um, I did a whole um, segment about it in one of the previous shows. I've written a chapter about it in the book, and I wrote a blog about it. But generosity is extremely powerful at reducing stress. And this is a great time of year to practice being generous to other people rather than thinking about all the presents that you want to have or having the perfect holiday and, and, you know, or any of those very self-focused sorts of um, obsessive thinking. Rather than that time of year as well as every time of year, a much happier time for you. And having compassion for other people, extremely important. As I mentioned, um, it's in order to live a passionate life, you really have to have compassion. So compassion is not always easy. It can be painful at times because the definition of compassion is co-suffering, feeling the suffering of another person. But the benefit of it is so worthwhile because when you're compassionate for other people, it opens your heart. And when your heart is open, you're more likely to feel joyful feelings and loving feelings and happy feelings. And when I talk about having compassion, I don't just mean having compassion for people in your own circle of friends, in your own family, in your own network. church group or veterans group or whatever network you're in, I mean having compassion for, for everyone, people who are outside your network, people who look different than you and come from different backgrounds, come from different places. Extremely powerful, facing our own stress. It takes our focus off of ourselves and puts it on helping other people. And I want to go back to that generosity um, topic. Being generous toward other people, whether in being generous with things, with money, with time, or with our own um, love and care, being generous toward other people only has a powerful effect if we don't expect anything in return, not even a thank you. If we hold out, for that thank you or for a return gift of some sort, then we have ruined all benefit toward to ourselves by being generous. So if you want to get the full benefit of being generous, you just have to do it and not expect anything in return. And one way of doing that is maybe by being generous anonymously if you're giving something, having that expectation. So... Um, Another way of dealing with stress this time of year and any time of year, um, and another topic that I've discussed on this program is that of trying to change our thinking to be more optimistic. So, you know, this is something that we actually have to work at. Most people are not born optimists. There, there are a few lucky people who are. <laughs> but we can all cha- retrain our thoughts to be optimistic. 
And when I say optimistic, I don't mean that we don't um, deal with difficult issues and we don't um, deal with sickness and with, um, you know, things that are going on in the world that are very sad, that we believe that we're strong enough to deal with whatever the outcome is and that we, in certain situations, we can actually have an impact upon the outcome. So, for example, um, if you're an optimist, you're more likely to go to, to go to medical appointments because you believe that um, if you go to your medical appointment, if you have tests done, you have a blood test done, and you find out that you have something that needs to be dealt with, that you're able to deal with it. So um, if you have a blood test done and your sugar is high, then you know then an optimist would say, okay, well, I'm going to do what I need to do to lower my blood sugar. I'm going to eat a healthier diet. And I'm optimistic that that will help. I'm going to exercise more, and I'm optimistic that will help. Um, somebody who's a pessimist will likely not even go to the doctor or get a blood test to find out if there's anything going on because their point of view is that there's no there's nothing they can do about it. So when I talk about optimism, I mean being a realistic optimist. So looking at all of the possibilities that could happen, the positive and the negative, and feeling optimistic that that we can have some impact in the outcome so that we actually do proactive things. So an optimist would, would in general eat healthier food because they feel optimistic that eating a healthy diet is more likely to make them more healthy. Okay, so... Um, uh, being optimistic, challenging our own negative thinking can be a big stress buster this time of year or any other time of year. Um, reading inspiring material, finding a book that you that you like, an author that you that you feel connected with, um, feel you feel that they speak to you, and making it a point to read something from that book every day so that you stay in an inspired state of mind. So inspired that you want to follow your dreams and you want to follow your passion. So having a dream, having a passion that you want to focus on and you want to achieve will help you through the stressful times. Spending some time imagining what it is that you want to have in your life, what passion you want to achieve in your life, and feeling what it would feel like to do that. And, and as I've spoken about on this program, having a, passionate, having a passion and following it doesn't necessarily mean something big. It can mean something big. It can mean a change in someone's career. But... For some people, especially um, if you're at retirement age, um, it may not mean changing your career, or actually it might for someone who retires and goes into another career. But it can also mean just 
um, wanting to do something in your life that you enjoy. So painting or drawing or singing or taking care of animals or being kind to other people, volunteering, having a purpose. Waking up every morning and asking yourself the question, what can I do today to bring light into the world, is following your passion. And um, that practice can help you to get through the most stressful times. Through, oh, yes, a, a very big, very big stress buster, laughter. And, you know, as I have spoken about on this program, that laughing, even at the most stressful, darkest times, can be extremely powerful. In fact, at those times, um, we need a sense of humor more than any other time. So being able to laugh at yourself, being able to laugh at absurdities about a situation, um, even um, exaggerating a negative situation so much in your mind that you laugh, like purposely doing that to bring it to a point of absurdity and laughter can be extremely beneficial, as well as watching things on TV or watching a funny movie or reading a funny book. Um, all of those things can be really powerful. If you laugh with another person, it can increase um, your feeling of connection with the other person. It can improve your relationship with another person. Which brings me to the final topic, which is relating to other people and connecting to other people. Um, we get so caught up with all of the things that we have to do in our life that we forget to reach out to people that we really care about, speaking on the phone with them or getting together and seeing them in person rather than sitting in front of a computer screen and um, just talking to them through social media. It's just not the same. So really connecting with other people and surrounding yourself with people who are positive, who are inspiring who are following their dreams, who you share a sense of humor with, who are like-minded. And if you don't have those people in your life, then find them. There are many groups that you can join. You just uh, you can start online by joining um, meetup.com and finding um, different topics that you're interested in that different groups of people are meeting about and just going in person to those groups um, and meeting people who are interested in the same that you are can be extremely powerful. Um, we, are, we are social creatures, so we do need to take time to connect with other people rather than isolating ourselves um, behind a computer screen, which I see happening more and more. And, you know, I'm guilty of it myself when I get busy. I just don't make the time to see friends, and that's not healthy. We do need to see people and spend time with other people and to really connect. And, and again, it's really important to connect with people who inspire us, who treat us well, 
and try not to be around people who who are, you know, toxic to us, who are verbally abusive, who put us down, or who are just negative about everything. So all of these topics I have gone into in greater detail if you want to go through the past year's worth or the past five years even uh, worth of um, podcasts on Blog Talk Radio and you can find all these topics. You can go to my website and take a look at the different blogs I've written or you can go look at my book and download it from Kindle or, or get a copy. I've talked about all of these topics. And, of course, stay tuned to the new year when we will have more topics. Um, but, but for today, I would say focus on your breathing right now. And keep focusing on your breath in, through our little commercial break. Um, and then we will be back um, right after our commercial to talk with Curly Karen Schleifer, who is on a cross-country trip um, to discuss all of the projects that she's working on. So don't go anywhere. Just sit and breathe, and we'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240.
And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Maricarp Hill in your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on DrMaricarpHill.com. And now joining us from the road, we have our friend and musician, Curly Karen Schleifer, who's on her cross-country trip right now. Welcome, Karen. Hi. Hi. It's been a while. It's been too long, my friend. Can you hear me okay? I can. Just to let you know, Great. though, there's a slight delay when we talk like this. So I might hear okay, you. No uh, I might hear you a second or two after you say it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So, um, Art wanted me to tell you the first part of the song that we just played is very, very frantic, and he wanted to play that because he. It sounds like you're. Your life is pretty frantic right now. Well, it's, it's, I wouldn't exactly say frantic, but very fast-paced, which is very welcomed after the last two years of me kind of coming, going on a different route in my career. Um, I started to stage manage uh, for theater about two years oh. ago, and it's, and it's uh-huh. kind of taken off. Um, so this, I just finished up a bi-coastal production of Sam Shepard's School for Love, uh, and we brought it back to Los Angeles. And while I was in New York for a couple of weeks, my car died. So I go back to Los Angeles. We finished the show. I flew out this morning at 5 a.m. My brother-in-law, who is a dear, dear person, uh, gave us his car, and I'm driving it back across the country in time for my next stage management gig, which is driving Miss Daisy at the Laguna Playhouse. Um, and it's pretty exciting because it's a pretty big job for me. Wow. Well, that's great. Congratulations, though. I mean, I mean, sounds crazy you. with your car, but that's great. But, you know, yeah, I love going cross-country, so this is just another excuse for me to get in the car and drive across and see some friends along the way and, and take a little break between shows. Right, right. So, so this show was in L.A., then it was in New York, and then it was in L.A. again? We rehearsed in Los Angeles, School for Love, and then we brought it to New York to Theater for the New City uh, in the East Village. And then we finished uh-huh. up the show in, in L.A. for two weeks at the Lounge Theater on Santa Monica. Um, and this right. is all, honestly, Mara, I kind of went into stage managing because I've been paying dues to a union for 40 years. And, you know, I, I love my music, but I don't see myself pushing a career on the stage as far as, you know, musicals or anything like that. Um, and stage managing at this point, I'm almost 50. So I wanted a job that was going to get me a pension. And um, I, I'm a union stage manager and it's kind of given me a whole new career path. Oh, that's it's been really great. amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the next? The next one is Driving Miss Daisy. And where is that going to be? That is at the Laguna Playhouse. It uh, starts, I think we open the weekend of January 13th. It runs for a couple of weeks through the 27th. Um, Michael Learned from the Waltons is playing Miss Daisy. So kind of excited mm. to, to work with her. Um, and it's it's just a big theater. It's, it's a really exciting contract for me. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm driving back in time for us to start rehearsals. <laughs> mm-hmm. So have you? So where are you now? I am on Staten Island. I just finished up seeing my family and 
picking up a couple of things that I've left at people's oh, okay. houses over the years, going back and forth across the country, and um, and I just left my brother's house. I met my grand nephews who are beautiful and got to see my godmother and my cousins, Linda and Jimmy, and me home with meatball sandwiches and and uh, <laughs> taking good care of me as family on Staten Island always does. It's lovely to come home. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. Have you been yeah. singing lately? I have been singing a little bit. I did, when I came back to do Fool for Love here, I did a show on Staten Island with my Shotgun Curly band, which, you know, a bunch of the guys that I used to play with. Um, we played a show here at a little theater called the Little Victory Theater um, and did a couple of hours of music and, and had a really good time. I was supposed to play a couple of shows at a winery in Malibu in December and January, but because of Driving Miss Daisy, I have to cancel them because it, it interferes with uh, the performance schedule. But right. i got to get back at it very soon. You know that's my first love. Yes, yes. So how many CDs do you have? I have two CDs officially, and uh, the third one is an EP. It's five songs. Um, the first one is online on iTunes and all that stuff. The second one is just through my website. You can email me or go to my website at curlycaron.com. Um, and then the third one is also just personally through my website. I recorded that one when I was living in Colorado. Um, it's called 8118 because it, that's the the altitude I was at when I recorded it, 8100 <laughs> feet above sea level, um, which right. is a challenge to sing at. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I never imagined it would be that much of a challenge, but being in the studio and, and, you know, having to repeat songs and have the breath and have the stamina, it definitely was a challenge to record that high up. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I would imagine that if you were there for a long time, it wouldn't, eventually you would acclimate. Yeah, definitely, and you were singing consistently, for sure, you would. Yeah, yeah, but... Because you weren't there that long, so. I'm sorry. You weren't you weren't there that long. I remember when no, you were in Colorado. Not a year, a little over a year. That was it. And then I mm-hmm. went back to my tribe in California and was lucky enough to meet my husband Peter and uh, and then started doing the stage management stuff. So life is just kind of the journey has taken me in a different trajectory but it's a super exciting one and you yeah. know I'm excited at, at this point at my age and and to, to reinvent myself in, in the theater world that I've always loved so much um you know you just never give up hope that you're going to be able to work in a field that you love you know right that's wonderful you're living your passion and, I am I'm and, lucky and for people who uh, you know, who don't know, who haven't heard you before, you started in the theater, right? I did. I started at eight years old. I was in the original production of Annie on Broadway. I played Kate, and I was the understudy for Molly, the littlest orphan, and I was in that show for two years. So I really had a, a base of performance and theater and always loved it, but I never was doing it for me. I was a kid. And now rediscovering theater and rediscovering music on my terms makes it that much sweeter. Um, it really, really does. I don't oh, know how else I can describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're living your passion and things are really going well. You know, it's so, been a couple of years of hard work, and it's the hard work is definitely paying off finally. 
So if people are interested in finding out, you know, um, about your performance, you know, the performances that you're managing or any future musical performances or um, your, or getting your CDs, what's the best way they can do that? Go on to the website, www.curly, C-U-R-L-Y, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, curlykaren.com. There's a little form you can fill out. You know, if you want a CD, if you want to ask me questions, if you want to know what, what shows I'm stage managing, what's going on, I will I answer all the emails that come through there. Or you can email me at curly at curlycaren.com. Okay. All right. Great. Well, or Facebook, you know, I'm on the Facebook, I'm on the Instagram. All the website okay. has all of those links where you can find my music. SoundCloud, the iTunes, I have the articles from Broadway World with my, you know, uh, information from when I was an Annie, and you can see some pictures from back in the day. So there's a lot of info on the website. I definitely would check that out. Okay, so curlykaren.com, and I will post that link on my post about the show on my website later tonight. So if people miss it, they can just go. Yes, and thank you for... Um, making some time to come on the show in the middle of your travels. And, I'm literally um, sitting here. The rain is falling in New York. I'm sitting under a street light in the car. But I love talking to you, and I love you in art, and I so appreciate you guys keeping track of me and, you know, reaching out and your dear friends, and I really appreciate I really appreciate the program you do, Mara. It's, it's wonderful. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh you know, I've been following your journey, so I'm always interested in following, you know, someone who's really passionate about what they're doing, and, it's, it's, you know, I'm so glad things are working out so well. The risk is worth it. That's, you know, all I can it say. Is. I walked away from a lot of corporate and, you know, things that weren't serving my life, and I took a big risk, and a lot of people went, oh, you're crazy. How old are you? What are you doing? But, you know, five years later after I took that risk, it's paying off in spades, and I'm happier than I have ever been. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And that's really so good keep for the people to hear. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, you have a safe travel. Thank you, dear. And, and good luck with everything that you're doing, and, and we'll be in touch. Definitely, definitely. And expect a new album out next year, so we'll – We'll be in touch about all that. Oh, great. Definitely. Let us know. I will. Thank you, my friend. All right. All right. Have fun. Thanks. Be well, everyone. All All right. right. Bye-bye. All right. So we're we're going to be knocked off the air in just a couple of moments. So before Art knocks me off the air, let me let you all know what's going on in the next few weeks. As I mentioned earlier, for the next two Sundays, we will be running some of our recent favorite programs as encores while we take a little holiday break. And then we'll be seeing you back here in the new year, 2019, with our next live broadcast on Sunday, January 6th. And we have another great program, a packed door for that date. Um, Tammy Lee Schumacher, who is a life coach and joy expert and founder of Transform Into Joy, 
will join us from Kansas to talk about her new best-selling book, The Second Start, Finding Joy in the New You. And also on the same program, joining us from New York City, we will have Sister Carol D'Angelo of the Sisters of Charity of New York and Director of the Office of Peace, Justice, and Integrity of Creation, whom I had the opportunity to lunch with while I was in New York two weeks ago, will be joining us along with John Alexander of the Ignatian Volunteer Corporation, who has accompanied people facing deportation, as has Sister Carol, as part of the New Sanctuary Coalition of New York City, and Bill Hurley, a Sisters of Charity Associate and co-chair of the Immigration Task Force. And those three will be joining us to discuss having compassion at the border. And they'll be talking about how they're involved in helping asylum seekers and migrants who are here. And we will also be having a broader discussion together about the topic of compassion. You know, it's a really important topic, and and I really hope that we don't lose our compassion. So um, we're going to have a discussion about that, and we'll have some music, and we'll have more. And so I look forward to seeing you in the new year. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from the show, get the website links that we spoke about on the program, listen to the previous program, read my blogs, watch the video, all of that, go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, and also follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years. And you can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. This this evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist and memory specialist, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Nancy Turco, Curly Karen Schleifer, and of course, thank you to Art. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night, an inspiring few weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Wishing you all a very happy, healthy holiday. And we'll be seeing you right here in the new year.
Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 